the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. It's, you know, it's December, and yet the, the weather seems fine. Uh, we do feel like December ought to have snow on it, and uh, eventually, eventually it will, but... Um, some of us are going to try to actually sneak out and play, play a little golf tomorrow, just because, <laughs> because golf in December. Because you can. I mean, it's like this is awesome. I can golf right in in December. I think it, I think it could happen. Um, I, I think you're right. I'm with you, man. I'd go. I I think we got I think we got to do it anyway. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call. Questions about the bill, comments, or or you can play along with me. Um. Okay, you get to write the conference report. So, just as a reminder, because some people are some people are melting down this morning over you know this is now happening in America. We're giving all our money to the rich people. Understand that nothing has happened yet, and nothing will happen until two things, three things happen. One, one, they have to pass the same bill, right? Every everyone remembers, you know, Schoolhouse Rock. I'm just a bill up on Capitol Hill, right? They got to pass the same bill. If they don't pass the same bill, they have to get together and decide which pieces of their bill they're going to have. Now, it is entirely possible, and I would make the case that if you really wanted to have the win that you planned on and get this bill to the president's desk in time to have everybody go home and celebrate the great victory they've had. There's going to be an effort in the House to simply pass the Senate bill. Yep, there it is. I love that. I play that for people. I play that for my students pretty regularly because I they a because they find it funny, although I think I think more and more because uh, we use it my the school that I that I'm currently uh, the dean of uh, includes uh, the training of social studies teachers, mm-hmm. and I I know my professors and my two professors that teach there both t- show that that in the class and say you should play this for your students. It will help them understand legislative process. It does. It's actually a great video. It, I, I mean, I could I could train legislators, and and I really believe I could train half of the the staff of the Washington Post. By the way, the Senate bill doesn't become law just because the Senate passed it. Right, it's still a bill. It's still just a bill. Sitting <laughs> right. there on Capitol Hill. Capitol Hill, right? It's sitting there. So if you want six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. You could argue, just pass the Senate bill, House, get this to President Trump, let him sign it, because I'm pretty sure 
President Trump will sign just about anything that hits his desk. Hey, I don't think. Yeah. Got a quick uh, question. Vincent called and wants yeah. to know if you've seen anything in there that would affect VA benefits or what will happen for veterans. I have seen nothing on veterans at all um, in the bill. I, okay. It's 400 pages. I did a ski, you know. You haven't you know, read I, it all I, yet? I thought. I haven't read it. I thought it was I thought it was ironic that uh, Democrats who had voted for the Affordable Care Act, which checked in at over two twenty two hundred pages, were uh, were were complaining about having to read a four hundred page bill in four hours. Well, I can you, tell you, have you to if, pass it to see what's in it, King. Uh, yeah, well, you have to pass it to see what's in it. As I, as I tell people, they, they don't read it; they have staff read it. Okay, the 400-page bill shows up. You take 50 pages and hand it to staffer A. You take 50 pages, hand it to staffer B. You, you hand it out through, through staffer H, and then you say, okay, come back in 90 minutes and tell me what's in those pages that you're reading. They pass it around, they discuss, and then, they, and, and then I can tell you, within four hours, they knew what was in the bill. Okay, I, I, it's just, just nonsense. Okay, and to have Democrats who passed two thousand plus page bills, um, you know, in even less time than that, that's just that's just ridiculous. And by the way, also it's ridiculous to complain about handwritten handwritten markups in in bills. That too happens all the time. Okay, mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell didn't invent that last night, <laughs> right? That's just that's I, normal. I, I'm shocked, King. Yeah, it's just normal. It happens. All right. So, because I'm a former state legislator, I get I think about this in this way. Right? What's the best way to get to get legislation to the president's desk? The House could accept the Senate bill, or it could decide to go to a conference committee, and then and then House bill and Senate bill meet, and they come together and they form a, basically a third bill. It's a conference report. It requires only 51 votes in the Senate. Um, it can't be amended once it comes out of the conference committee. It's simply an up or down vote. Um, nobody is sure. Nobody can be really sure what comes out of the House or Senate bills. So, so no one can be really sure what comes out of that. So it might make a case for the House just saying, yeah, the Senate bill is good enough. Let's just send it up. Here are the differences as I see them right now. Number one, the House repeals the estate tax by two th- in 2025. The Senate bill does not, but both of them, both of them raise the, ex- the exemption of your estate to $11 million. It will af- at $11 million annually, it will probably affect less than 300 returns across the United States. Okay. Do you need the full repeal? It may be, maybe not, but it raises some revenue, and you might want that money for something else. That's why the Senate didn't put in the repeal, because they wanted the cash to to help make some other things happen. All right? My guess is the House would probably go ahead and live with with the $11 million and no repeal. Okay, they might. I like repeal. If I, you know, if I was if If I was king of the world, I probably would repeal it, but you might just go ahead and take that just just in terms of I need to get something to the president's desk. The corporate tax rate reduction actually is delayed a year in the Senate bill 
versus the House bill. Again, it's to save money to pay for some things that that the Senate decided they didn't want to cut, but the House said they would. Could the House live with with that with that one year delay? I think so, but I actually believe this is the worst part of the Senate bill because it creates an incentive to defer productive activity to 2019. If I'm a corporation and I have an opportunity to do something that produces income in 2018 where I have to give 35% of it back to the federal government or produce it in 2019 where I have to give 20% of it back to the federal government, I want to produce in 2019. It will delay economic activity. I don't think you want that. I particularly think Republicans on both sides should think about you know, do I really want to have the potential of a recession caused by, by tax-shifting behavior happen just before I go back to the voters in 2018? I don't think so. But the problem is, then you've got to find other ways to raise money or to cut some to raise money to pay for that if you started in 2018. That is why, that is why the student loan interest rate deduction and the and the uh, medical expense deduction and the SALT, okay, the, the state and local uh, income tax deductions, that's why, that's why those are there. Partly because the House bill wants the corporate rate to drop in 2018. The Senate bill says it can wait a year. I think I want the House side on that, but I could see the House deciding it's okay to, to accept the Senate version. I would argue that what the, what the House should do is say, we'll give on the estate tax, we'll give on the pass-through numbers where the, the, the provisions for pass-through in the House bill are slightly better for small, small business than the ones that are in the Senate bill, but you might go ahead and take that in order to pay for the corporate tax rate reduction in, tw- in, 20, in, in 2018. Okay, you might, for example, to pay for that, accept that the alternative minimum tax can't go away. That's a change that they that the Senate made late in the week. I think it was actually Friday morning. They decided they couldn't afford to to eliminate the alternative minimum tax. It it cost them too much revenue in the scoring, and so they went ahead and and and, and left it in. They 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 improved it a little bit. It will hit fewer people but they left it in they might end up they might end up having to accept that maybe on the other side to pay for the 2018 to pay for 2018 maybe the senate slightly reduces the child tax credit the senate bill has a 2000 child tax credit the house bill has a 1600 child tax credit maybe they maybe they split the difference and and uh, and do that i think if they do these things I think, I think the bill they need, if they have to go to conference, can be done fairly quickly. There are games that get played in conference committees. I could spend some time from my, from my couple of years in the legislature telling you some of the games that get played. But the two sides should sort of agree, if it's not in one of the two bills, it's not in the conference report. And we'll just decide between these pieces what happens, what doesn't. Okay, here's what you don't need to worry about. This difference on the top rate between 39.6 in the House and 38.5 in the Senate, 
I wouldn't worry about it. Whether it's four brackets or seven brackets, yes, I like four brackets better than seven brackets. How many of us actually have to use the calculator to figure out our tax liability rather than letting, letting uh, some tax preparation software or an accountant do it? Not many of us. Not many of us. No one's taking the calculator out. At worst, you're looking up the number in a table. It doesn't matter how many brackets there are. I'm sorry. I know that sort of breaks some faith with some folks in the, in the, in the, um, in the conservative world. I don't care how many brackets there are. Just don't make the top bracket higher than what it is now. Make sure that you can make sure that you can get, you know, make sure that you can demonstrate that you not harm people in that in that thirty thousand to seventy thousand area. And you should, and, and and you'll be fine. If you end up, if it ends up taking somebody like me who, who makes a six-figure salary and it it raises an extra five hundred to five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars off me, but then gives me the doubling of the doubling of the uh, exemption of excuse me, of the standard deduction, I'm good with that. All right. Can you tell me how would you write the tax bill? How would you handle this? Would you pass the Senate version if you could vote for it? Would you just say, that's good, I'm, let, I'm ready to go? Or if you say, no, I want to go to a conference committee, what changes would you make? 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. Uh, love to hear from you coming up here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Keep it right here as King analyzes the economic impact of sand traps and water hazards. 40%. If you own an annuity, you could be entitled to 40% more in guaranteed lifetime income. Annuities can be complicated, confusing, and riddled with trap doors. You know that. But did you know you could be robbed of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars? But one called a J.D. Melberg Financial make this simple and easy and help you get 40% more in guaranteed lifetime income. They've been featured on PBS, CNBC, and Inc. Magazine. Their expert analysts will reveal the optimal time to activate your annuity, how you could collect this money tax-free, cut your fees and expenses, or how to get out of your annuity without costing you an arm and a leg. Learn how their exclusive next-gen annuity strategies could increase your income up to 40% by calling 800-798-3399 now. That's 800-798-3399. 800-798-3399. At Amazon, we've got everything you need for the perfect holiday get-together. From winding to dining to reclining together afterwards. And get free shipping on over 100 million items with eligible orders over $25. Only at Amazon. For all your entertaining and gifting needs. So whether it's a small family gathering or a whole house full, if you're hosting good times this holiday, visit Amazon. 
your are investments doing the best they can do you know the biggest risks in your portfolio if you don't know the answers you need nepsis is smart investing with clarity portfolio management approach you might have all your investments in mutual funds and etfs but that's not smart they lack the flexibility and transparency you need to capture market opportunities and tax advantages nepsis is smart investing with clarity starts with a customized separately managed account smas are smart allowing you to manage your portfolio with precision mutual funds and etfs are blended and restricted you don't know what you own and can't make the most of your investments with smas you can invest more in great companies generate cash and gain tax advantages easily let nepsis show you our smart approach to investing call 952-746-2003 to learn more about smas and smart investing or visit nepsiscapital.com to take our free investment stress test it's time you get smart with your investments there are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor to a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves they have always defended this nation and each other they still do the few the proud the marines it's the king banyan show don't miss a moment of king's pregnant pauses and audio miscues on Business 1440. So the question is, what's it going to take to get everybody to yes on the tax bill? Now that it's passed the Senate, what's it going to take? So, Lee, I, I, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, as I think about this, um, I, I mean, I'm interested because you, you, you observe these things and, you know, you help, uh, you help with uh, our sister station at AM 1280, The Patriot, where Mitch Berg will be this afternoon. From I'll be running his show, too. Wow. I wow. Boy, you <laughs> burning the midnight oil <laughs> down there. Uh, hey, so think about this for, for me. Do you think, let's suppose, let me, let me put it this way. What would you like to see happen now? Would you like to just see the House pass the, the Senate bill? Or do you want them to go to a conference? And I think this is the more important part. Do you think, do you have faith that the Congress can get this thing to the president's desk? Or are you of the mind to say, yeah. You know, yeah, we did all this, and it sounds great, but they're not going to really pass anything. I uh, I am optimistic <laughs> that they will get it passed. I, I have a little twinge of they'll find a way to blow it. Uh, but as far as the Senate bill goes, I like I agree with you on a lot of those things. The, the one the deferring of the corporate tax, uh, I agree with you on that. Would uh, could possibly slow or prevent the economy from growing faster. Uh, so in that aspect, from what I've heard you talk about and from what I know so far mm-hmm. that I saw this morning, uh, that's the one thing that I would agree with you on. I, I think you're absolutely spot on when you talk about the number of brackets. Uh, I think the estate tax, again, would like the repeal, but, you know, again, the number of people over 11 million, it's a relatively small number. But I'd like to see something get done 
quickly in either case. Right. So so accepting the Senate bill, which is one option they have, gives you the seven brackets. It, it doesn't get you the repeal of the estate tax. It preserves... It preserves some some uh, deductions that the House bill doesn't. I, I mean, you can make a good case. I will, I'll, I'll put it this way. Thinking of myself it, it, from my days as a state legislator, if, they, if, if leadership came in and said, we're going to try to pass the Senate bill as is and not go to conference, I'd say, you know, that's good enough. I'll vote for it, sir. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But I would truly love to have a chance to work to to work the edges. But this is a case in my mind where I think the the best is the enemy of the good, mm-hmm. and I I think I think you'd be I, I think you'd be uh, um, I think you'd be better off I, I think it would be better off just passing that thing. The more I think about it, and I've only been thinking about it for a few hours. But I think to myself, I think I'm just going to go ahead and agree to what's what's in the Senate bill. There isn't anything that that I find so egregious to say I can't vote for that. I, I mean, even though I know, I know that the in some ways I know what's in the House bill is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I'm kind of in that frame of mind too. That what would happen is they would get in conference committee and go back and forth and. Who knows where where we end up, and some of the good stuff could come out. Right, some of the good stuff could come out, and of course, there's also that one other piece that that has to be in the back of the legislator's mind. A week from Tuesday, there's an election mm-hmm. down in Alabama, yeah. and one of, and and one of the people that voted yes has to leave. Now, I heard said on, I think it was on Hugh Hewitt's show. Uh, a day or two ago by some, another member of the Senate, another Republican member of the Senate, well, it takes some time to certify the election. They're basically going to slow roll him. If the Democrat wins, they're going to slow walk the uh, the the uh, certification of the election and all that to keep, to keep um, Luther Strange, who's the uh, appointed senator, in the, in the seat for a little bit longer. Uh, that just looks bad. It does look bad. That, that just looks bad. I, I wouldn't want to see that on the other side, and I think we have to hold to that standard sure. that we shouldn't do that either. I mean, I, we right. can't have it both ways. It's what happened to Scott Brown when the when the Affordable Care Act got passed. Mm-hmm. They held on after after Al Franken, and we won't talk about him. I'll save that. I'll save I'll save that for for Mitch because uh, I have nothing to say, um, or I have lots to say, but it's not for this show. Um, the when when Al Franken took the 60th seat in 2009, that's when the Affordable Care Act got passed. And everyone argued that was a terrible thing. Well, you don't want to have that happen on the other side. So here's here's what you do. You get this thing done, you get it passed, and on the Tuesday morning of the election, Pres- President Trump signs your, your tax bill. Yeah. Is, I can't think of a better way to advertise this. That'd be huge. I think it would be. I think it would be six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Go okay. It's your chance to be a be a congressperson. What do you do? Do you take the Senate bill? Do you go to the conference? Do you worry about about the possibility that Roy Moore loses that seat that race in ten days and and the impact of that on your majorities? Um, how do you how do you play this? You're well you're welcome to to speculate, pontificate, or any or anything else you'd like to do about that particular 
that particular question. You know, uh, at the start of the show, I teased you with the idea that we were going to listen to a little of Jay Powell. Um, he was on the he was in the Senate in the Senate Banking Committee, I believe, um, on uh, on Wednesday, and 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 had a hearing in Dean Heller, Republican senator from Nevada, who did not vote for Powell to join the to join uh, the Fed when he was an, originally an Obama appointee back in 2013. Um, uh, Heller voted against his his nomination. Um, had a chance to 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 uh, question and get testimony from uh, Jay Powell, uh, and he starts off with with one question about about whether or not we should audit the Fed. Play uh, play cut one, please. You're about to become the most important economic policymaker in the world. How do you feel about that? I feel fine about it, <laughs> Senator. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. You talked a lot in your opening statement about uh, clarity and transparency with the feds. Um, the question I have is, do you continue to oppose uh, audit the Fed legislation? I do, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, so the Fed, of course, is audited, and uh, I, w- I was, in fact, I chaired uh, the committees of the board that oversee the audit of the reserve banks and the, and the audit of the, uh, of the Board of Governors. So we are audited in the sense in which the general public would understand that world word. It means something very different in the current context. And, and in this context, what it means is um, Congress has chosen to shield monetary policy from a policy audit by the General Accounting Office, General Accountability Office, we call it now. And that is, in I think, a wise choice that's been made as a way of showing respect for the independence of monetary policy. I think a GAO audit at the at the request of any member of Congress would be a way for Congress to insert itself into the making of monetary policy on a meeting-by-meeting basis. This is not something I think would serve us well. So I agree with that, and and you can call you can call about that too because I know I've got listeners who 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 think audit the Fed is a great idea. This has been a, something proposed by. Originally by Ron Paul uh, and by other senators since then, I was mildly surprised to hear that Senator Heller was a supporter of it. Okay, if you have uh, audit the Fed does mean, basically, because there is an audit, there's a financial audit. And, And what Powell does is he differentiates the financial audit from a policy audit. If he can't trust Congress not to put in stinky bits into tax bills like like uh whacking the endowments of uh colleges because they're filled with liberals which frankly is what that is I, okay particularly made plain by the attempt to to uh, uh shield uh, hillsdale from uh, the impact of that um the if if you can do that if Congress is willing to do that do you want Congress deciding whether or not the fed funds rate goes up a quarter percent next week do you think that's a good idea I have to credit uh, Governor Powell with this I haven't heard anybody explain in in a one minute answer as well as that why audit the Fed is a bad idea okay you cannot you must not you know must not have Congress making meeting-by-meeting decisions about about the conduct of monetary policy, right? 
And one may argue with me about, you know, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution gives that power, that power to, the, to Congress. Yes, I understand it does. But the decision to actually let them exercise it in the way monetary policy is done now is a bad idea. Now, let me say in the next breath, if it turned out your position was, I would not want to audit the Fed, I want to close it and replace it with the gold standard, because that's what's in Article 1, Section 8. All right, I, I get the constitutional argument for that. That's a better argument, though, than than the Ron Paul bill, which was really which was really sort of a, a the camel's nose in the tent to try to get the Fed closed. It, it, it wasn't to make it run better. It was to end it. Okay, that's why the book, End the Fed. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Later on the King Banyan Show, King covers curling tournaments, the gong show, and Eastern Europe. Don't miss a minute of the action right here on Business 1440. Are you concerned about not having enough money to pay bills, savings for college, or to secure a comfortable retirement? At Online Trading Academy, learn to trade and invest to make a second income to avoid always having more month than money. We'll teach you to confidently grow and protect your money. Register for our free trading and investing class on your cell phone by hitting pound 250. Just say the keyword OTA or register at learnwithota.com. When you have sleep apnea, traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-919-2348. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-919-2348. Again, that's 1-800-919-2348. All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this. You can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago, with uh, great uh, sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot. And it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while that I, I just had to discontinue use. But that's not the problem with Relief Factor. So that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen... Now you don't have to with Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try because pain is pretty awful. Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. 
we want you to plan for tomorrow today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Turn all the lights on. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. All right, baby. You dig me and I dig you. Well, all right now. We'll make out a long time and I believe it. You know that I want you. Now here's something you must understand. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Where we'll take a little, we're going to take a little bit longer to look through uh, the testimony from uh, Jerome Powell, um, nominated to be uh, the next chair of the Federal Reserve, uh, replacing Janet Yellen, who has, as we talked about last week, announced that she will be leaving as soon as the new person is in place, which might be one thing that's contributing to um, the Senate moving with some speed to uh, build. Um, um, to build uh, to build the case and get uh, uh, get Governor Powell's nomination as chair to the to the floor of the Senate, um, hopefully. Um, Narfan th- wonders if I said "End the Fed" is a crazy anti-government book. No, it's not. It's not an anti-government book. Okay, it's a logical decision. If you if you believe that we should be on the gold standard, then you don't need the Federal Reserve. It's that simple. You don't need. You don't need something that's that looks like the Federal Reserve, even though the Federal Reserve was built at a time when we were on the gold standard. When the gold standard and when the gold standard ended, the Federal Reserve assumed a different shape and form, and can't really be put back into the box if we go back to the gold standard. The only rational thing to do in that case would indeed be to end the Fed. Okay, I happen not to favor a gold standard um, at this time. In, in in other times, I have. I don't currently. If I thought we should get to the gold standard, and I thought that that was the way to to solve some major problem, which normally is a problem with inflation. That's why you do it. Then I would go. Then I would do that. But right now, I do not think. You, you can make that you can make that case very well. Um, instead, uh, uh, Governor Powell uh, gave testimony to indicate that the forecast that they have that they have for uh, the uh, the economy actually looks pretty good. Uh, Lee, could you play cut number four, please? What do you anticipate the GDP being next year? Next year. Um you got to make a decision in December whether or not to raise rates, don't you? Yeah, I, so I'm so assuming I, that you have some forecast of GDP over the next I do. three years. I do. Uh, do so I would say, th- let me say this year, I expect GDP to come around, come in around 2.5% in that range, plus or minus. As you look forward, uh, I would expect something pretty close to that. And the reason is we see, we continue to see, um, you know, high confidence among businesses and households, accommodative financial conditions, uh, the stock market is strong. It, it feels like uh, we're going to see continued strength okay. next year. And so, 
That's a clarity. I mean, I think that's very interesting. Uh, um, that's a clarity that um, that we typically don't get. Yet that doesn't seem to satisfy um, Senator Heller. Play clip five, please. I want to continue to push on this tax bill that we have here. Um, I, I'm assuming you're going to tell me the board doesn't have a position on the tax bill. Yes, Senator, I am. How about personally? Do you have a personal position on the tax bill? No, Senator, I don't. <laughs> I like that. Of course it's wrong. Of course he's got an opinion of the bill. Of course he does. He's just not going to say that, right? Yep. Asking of the guy that's going to hit the Fed what he thinks about fiscal policy is never going to get the an-, an answer from the the person that's going to be chair of the Fed. It's just never going to get an answer. I do not understand why Heller wastes some of his five minutes on that particular on that particular question. Okay. Indeed. Um, uh, when when John was cutting the uh, cutting up these clips, he said, "Heller comes off as a bit of a jerk." And I said, "Well, yeah, I don't think he particularly likes. It's pretty clear that that he doesn't love this guy." But he he then uh, he then goes on and 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 ask him a question, and this answer, this next clip, and this next answer, um, is just really amazing to me in the clarity. Which normally you do not get from the, from a Federal Reserve chair. Listen to this. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and play these two clips back to back. Let's play. Let's play clip six, please. So let me ask you this question: Are you going to raise rates in December and next year? You know, I've made it a practice to uh, not to talk really specifically about individual meetings because you know that's why we have the meeting. We, we we're all supposed to hold back on that final decision and then go in and listen carefully to each other's views, all the Reserve Bank presidents, all the governors. That's, that's how we do it, out of respect to it for each other. I, I will say, though, Senator, I think that the case for, you know, for raising interest rates at our next meeting is coming together. That last sentence is amazing. I mean, after, he takes, after Powell takes about 40 seconds to explain, well, we kind of do this as a committee, we've got to listen to each other, you know, so I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, and we kind of have a rule not to do that sort of thing. He says, I think the case has been made for a rate increase. All right, I think this is the point, you know, so Heller gets him to say that, and then and then good for him, he follows up with this, cut number seven. You anticipate that we'll, we will be raising rates in December? Well, to repeat myself, Senator, uh, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to give a, give you a really specific answer on December because I don't know again, what coming together means. That's why I asked the, sec- the question again. It means I, I think the conditions are, are supportive of doing that, but we need to go ahead and have the meeting and listen to each other. We we generally have a rule, you know, it's it's a communications rule that we we're not supposed to be saying exactly what we're going to do before we go in and listen to one another's views. So. He's saying and he's not saying. This is this is this is part of what frustrates people about about listening to people in Washington. Um, but I get that. I mean, I get that he wants to he wants to stop the he wants to stop the uh, 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 process of of actually asking for predetermined uh, pathways. Some of us think. The Fed should be on sort of a more explicit, um, here's the feedback mechanism that we use to decide what the Fed funds rate should be. Uh, the Taylor rule is the most famous of those. So whatever that thing is, is fine. He doesn't say that. He says, 
we got to go listen to each other. We want to make our decision together. So it just says it's going to be discretionary. So it's it's we, the smart people, going into the room to do that. But then says, but at least this smart person thinks we ought to raise rates. That is a remarkable, remarkable thing for someone in testimony to say. And I and because of all the other things going on with, with you know, with. Um, uh, uh, sexual harassment of the day, uh, and and the and the tax bill, and Michael Flynn, and 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 North Korea launching missiles, and all that, that might have gotten lost. But he basically broke the code by saying to Heller in testimony, "I think the case has been made for a rate increase." He's the incoming because there's no question he'll be confirmed. He's the incoming Fed chair. All right, this is a done deal. It'll, it'll be two or three more. He also, and I don't have tape for this, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to uh, read this. This is in response to another senator, um, and I, I and I haven't figured out who asked the question. He says the Fed's balance sheet is about four and a half trillion now, and he says we all know it will be much smaller than that when it reaches its new sort of equilibrium size. But it will be larger than before the crisis. Now, in saying that, he's repeating what uh, Janet Yellen has said. We've also said it will consist primarily, mostly, of Treasury securities, and it will be no larger than it needs to be for us to conduct monetary policy. Okay, he then describes how that, that stuff will go off. Then he says at the end of this, to a balance sheet in the range of two and a half to three trillion. He says, I, I don't, I don't, again, there's no certainty in that. So he's hedging his bets, just like he did with the answer you just heard regarding the December rate increase. But he's actually out giving numbers. This, this is not, stand, this is, this is, the charitable way to understand this is, is, this is improving and increasing the amount of transparency that had been started by Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen. But Bernanke and Yellen would never have given you this number. They would, they would have watched themselves. Powell's a little more frank in his, in, in, in his testimonies than he is before. By the way, as pointed out by Scott Sumner over at the EconLog blog, okay, we don't know that we don't know exactly what the right size of that will be because there's one other thing that can happen. Remember, the Fed's balance sheet on its liability side of its balance sheet contains deposits that the banks have at the Federal Reserve. Those deposits currently receive interest. The Fed pays money to the commercial banks that have deposits with the Federal Reserve. Before 2008, no interest was ever paid, and so under that rule, then that under that rule where there is no interest being paid, then the balance sheet would be this would be determined. The size of the balance sheet would be determined by the amount of reserves that banks demanded for lending purposes. But because the Fed now has this interest rate that they pay, the balance sheet can be any size they want. Okay, if they want the balance sheet to be larger, 
than banks necessarily want. They just increase the amount of interest they pay on reserves. The, the deposits get left there, and the bank continue. The Fed continues to hold a larger amount of, of assets and has a larger balance sheet. If it wants the balance sheet to be smaller, it just cuts the interest rate to zero or even potentially creates a negative interest rate on deposits that banks are required to make at the Fed. It can make the balance sheet any size it wants. So this argument, now that it has, has, the, has the capacity... Uh, to pay uh, to pay uh, um, to pay interest on reserves, which came in the TARP bill back in 2008, because of that, that argument that they're making about what the size will be and that it'll be demand determined, it will not be demand determined. Okay, someone says, "Well, what will determine?" I said, "It'll be Mandarin determined. It'll be determined by the members of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve." And that's all there is to that. We'll be back after this for our last segment of the King Banyan Show for today on Business 1440. Don't miss King Banyan's Dennis Miller impersonations next on Business 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Communications. Does your family believe in the power of a private school education? Are you looking into sending your child to a private school next year? Hi, Alyssa here with Business 1440, and we want to help your family by covering half of your child's first year of private school. This is a program we have had for five years now, and it has helped many families get into the school of their dreams. We are in the thick of open house season right now, so the timing couldn't be better. If you find a school you would like your child to attend, call me at 651 289-4406 to see if that school is one of the schools we have a partnership with. It's that simple. This isn't a financial aid program. This is for everyone. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call Business 1440 today at 651-289-4406 to take advantage of our half-off tuition program. That's Business 1440 at 651-289-4406. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text. Frank's right. Just text RIP11 to 42424 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text RIP11 to 42424. That's R-I-P-1-1 to 42424. When you have sleep apnea, traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-919-2348. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. 
You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-919-2348. Again, that's 1-800-919-2348. It's the King Banyan Show where you'll be subjected to the likes of Joan Armitrading, Captain Beefheart, and Janet Yellen on Business 1440. Have you guys heard that that Captain Beefheart, Janet Yellen Hanukkah CD? (laughs) It's awesome. It's pretty good. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm I'm surprised John didn't put a cut of that into the playlist for today. It, it's just fantastic. King Banyan Show Business 1440. As we um, hit, you know, head on down the road here in a few moments, I I couldn't let the moment pass because um, it, it's true. Um, there was a piece in the in the Wall Street Journal just a, just around the Thanksgiving holiday. That was titled "Stop Using Excel." Finance chiefs tell staff, "Okay, uh, basically saying saying that uh, people wanted to get off Excel and get because they wanted to have cloud put uh, their spreadsheets in the cloud so that they could be shared more easily um, with with everybody." And and I looked at that, and my reaction was was very simple. You can have my Excel spreadsheets when you pry them from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> I, I, I am I, right. I, I, I hate to do this, but I'm out. I, you know, having having reached the tender age of sixty, I'm not willing to change. <laughs> I'm not willing to change. So sure enough, I, and I thought to myself, well, this just isn't going to happen, right? Sure enough, uh, on Thursday afternoon, the um, the Wall Street Journal publishes a follow-up story titled Finance Pros Say You'll Have to Pry Excel Out of Their Cold, Dead Hands. <laughs> Just the first few paragraphs of this. Eric Schiller, a software engineer in Alexandria, Virginia, thought the job offer sounded pretty straightforward. A boutique insurance company wanted him to bundle its various financial departments into a single, modern, shareable data platform. At the time, the company's actuaries were running their statistical analyses and risk calculations on a specialized Excel spreadsheet that nobody else could access, let alone comprehend. Mr. Schiller thought this would be an easy fix. They're mathematicians, he told themselves. They think a lot like I do. A month into the job, however, Mr. Schiller learned the lesson that rings true with many disciples of cloud computing. Lots of intelligent and otherwise rational people would sooner clobber you with a bat than let you separate them from Excel. Mr. Schiller said battle, the battle with the actuaries reminded him of trying, quote, to talk my dad into buying a new car, unquote. I still use Excel, and I still drive my 11-year-old SUV. Why? Because I don't want to change either one of them. They work fine. Leave them alone. Okay. Look, in all seriousness, it's, it's a funny story, but in all seriousness, 
because so many offices still have Excel, I can tell you when when I was training young forecasters here at St. Cloud State, we start them on Excel. And we we teach them how to build their own add-ins and and to buy software that that create that that has an add-in to Excel. Why? Because there are things that Excel does really well. There are also things that Excel does really poorly. Um, and most people are smart enough to know the difference. If you want to share your your if you want to share your spreadsheets, it's pretty easy to do. If you want to have them work together, it's pretty easy to do. I flip them back and forth between Google and X, Google spreadsheets and and Excel all the time. All right, I don't get what the big deal is. Really, I, I'm sure I, I probably should know more about this, and I'm sure you'll disagree with me on Twitter at PoundKBRS of why I should stop using Excel. Okay? You can you can cavil all you like. Ain't going to happen. I'm not changing. That's all there is to that. So anyway, as we... As we, as we uh, Head out for the week. Let me, let's let's recap what we what we've said. The Senate bill is passed. I still think the number one thing that the House could do that I don't think has been discussed enough yet at this point: just take the Senate bill, vote it, pass it, send it to the president's desk, have a gigantic ceremony, signing ceremony. Wouldn't it be a terrible idea to do that a week from a week from Tuesday with. Um, on the day of the Alabama special election. Okay? If you're not thinking about that, um, you're worse at politics than an economist. All right? I just I, I just think you you need... That's, that's what we should probably... That's the way I think this is going to end up going. Okay? The bills have differences. They've actually already started moving the differences into some area of agreement, I think, by the end. I think by the end of the week... If they go to a conference, the conference will be short. And by the end of this next week, if there is a conference, they're going to have a bill. I still think it gets done. I think it gets done within the next two weeks because um, they don't want the look of trying to f- hurry it up and through uh, before the, the, the Democrat from Alabama shows up. Um, Jay Powell will get confirmed really soon, uh, I think. Changes are coming to the Fed as well. And you can still have Excel when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. Lee Michaels, thank you so much for being my guest producer today. Great job, um, Thank you so much, and be sure to listen to Mitch on AM 12A of the Patriot from 1 to 3 today. We'll see you next week here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. All City Agency. We don't sell insurance, we help you buy it. Expert advisors for your auto, home, and business insurance. All City Agency is a Dave Ramsey-endorsed local provider. Discover big discounts. All City Agency is an independent insurance agency and has access to 100-plus insurance carriers. Quality-driven, value-priced, superior service. All City Agency, endorsed by Dave Ramsey, trusted by you. We don't sell insurance, we help you buy it. Call 651-484-1213 or find us at allcityagency.com. My dad says I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says I was her big surprise. 
My mom says I'm her best helper. I'm adopted. My dad says I was a gift. That's right, kids. Each of you are a miracle and a blessing from God. Hello, my name is Angie. I work with Pro-Life Across America. The Billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant and in need of confidential counseling, including alternatives to abortion or post-abortion assistance, please call Pro-Life Across America at 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Please help support our life-saving outreach. A baby child is being 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across If some high-pressure salesperson twisted your arm into buying a timeshare, it's not your fault. Whether you bought decades ago or days ago, I bet that salesperson didn't mention your timeshare could cost you twice as much as a regular vacation, or that you'd never be able to use it when you wanted, or that your fees could shoot up every year. They misled you, and that's not fair. That's why we're here, to get your timeshare company to free you from your unwanted timeshare. Get the free information you need at 1-800-905-5833. We're the Timeshare Exit Attorneys, America's number one timeshare exit service run by real attorneys, not sales companies or middlemen. It was a salesperson who got you into this mess. Don't rely on a salesperson to get you out. We've got a 100% service guarantee, and our team has already helped thousands of people get out of unwanted timeshares. For free information, call 1-800-905-5833. That's 1-800-905-5833. 1-800-905-5833. Hey, folks, Dennis Prager here for Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park. I've been telling you for years that they have a beautiful family-run store with the largest selection of loose diamonds in the state. Now, Continental Diamond is the home for Breitling Watches, the only independent jewelry store in the Twin Cities to offer these amazing Swiss timepieces. Favorites of pilots all over the world, check out the amazing selection of Breitling chronographs at Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and find them online at ContinentalDiamond.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.